everybody's awake this morning. Great. Okay, turn that down. Okay, you got it? That, is that better? Can everybody hear me? All right. We had a slight malfunction there. Um, so this morning, we're going to talk, uh, talk about something that every human struggles with, that every person, that every individual struggles with in the midst of a painful or panic situation. That's what we're going to talk about this morning. And, and the need for us as humans, as people, as individuals to continue to keep moving forward and to progress on to a better reward, a better prize, a better possession. A few years ago, my dad and I were having a conversation, and we were talking about the stock markets and other things, and I have no idea how the stock markets work. So like every good, uh, um, ignorant, young man who has no idea uh, what anything has to do with anything, he goes to the person who knows. We do it all the time, right? We go to, we go to Google, we go to different types of um, places to find the information that we need. So we're having this conversation. And I'm talking to him, and I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Just explain it to me like I'm five years old, okay? I, I, I can't comprehend what's taking place, what's going on here. And he was talking about this stock market crash. And I have no idea how we got on this topic, but he was talking about the stock market crash of 2008 and how the market over 18 months had, had dropped to its lowest point in a long, long time. Um, and it was the third worst the third worst stock market crash in the history of the United States. And it affected everybody, not just these individuals. Well, the stockholders at that particular time were, were, were so panicked about this, this particular problem or this particular uh, issue that they had a decision to make. And my dad was one of those people. My dad was one of the people who had a decision to make. He had one choice or another. He said... I either could have pulled my money out or I could have left it in. And he said that there was this massive panic, right? Now, when there's panic, and you know this, and I know this, and this is, this is true, when we panic about something, when something's difficult for, for us, when something doesn't go the way we'd planned it to go, we panic. And there's this jitter, and we want to get away from whatever's causing the panic, whatever's causing the fear, whatever's causing the tension, the problem. So this is what's happening among the, among the stockholders of America. There's this great panic. Well, you've got to do something about this. You've got to do something about this problem or this issue that's taking place. My dad said something to me that I will never, ever forget because it applies to all aspects of life. I will never, ever forget this. This is stuck in my head over the past years. This is stuck in my mind for forever. When I'm doing something, when I'm pressing towards a goal, when I'm trying to accomplish something, I always think of what he said. He said, you only lost if you backed out too soon. You only lost if you backed out too soon. This applies to everything. I mean, you think about it. Anything you've ever tried in your life, anything you're ever doing, anything you've ever tried to accomplish, if you backed out too soon, you pretty much lost. And, and let me see a show of hands of people who, who like to lose. Nobody likes to lose. When we back out too soon, we, we lose, right? And in the midst of this panic, this, this tension, this fear, this thing that's not going the way that you had planned it to go, you want to turn back. You want to get out. You want to remove it. The panic causes short-sightedness. Our inability to see past the panic prevents us from seeing the future. 
You understand what I'm saying here? When, when there's a panic, right? When, when you have a decision to make, when you have a choice to make, when you, when you have a problem that presents itself, you, you have a choice to make, right? I can look into the future and see what could become, or I can stay in the present and make a decision based on the present, not on the future. Our short-sightedness, right? This is what this is. We're short-sighted when it becomes to something that, that, is, that is difficult, that is hard, that is something we want to, don't want to mess with, we don't want to deal with. It's not as we'd planned it to be. It's our inability to see past the panic, to see past what's happening in our immediate situation, right? Or, or even more so, right? To look at our past and let our past determine our future. A few years ago, or a few months ago, my wife and I decided we were going to go up and visit uh, Sequoia National Park because we'd never been there before. And uh, we started to drive up there and we had heard that a couple of days before there had been some snowstorms and there were snow up high near General Sherman and that's really the goal we were aiming for. We wanted to get to see, go see General Sherman. We wanted to see the big tree up on top of this mountain. And so we drive in and we stop at this place called Hospital Rock and we're hiking around with Charlie and kind of get used to trying to decide whether or not we're going to go any further or we're just going to call it quits here and turn back because it was already pretty late in the day. And we thought, you know what, we've got, it doesn't get dark till about 7 o'clock, so let's just drive up and check it out. So we start driving up this road and it starts getting a little bit foggy. I'm thinking, okay, well, we're just, in, we're just in the middle of this cloud. It's going to pass. It's going to go away. It's not going to get any foggier. And I get up to the top, and man, we, could, we got to one point where we could see a clearing. And we were thinking, man, this is great. There's no more fog. We're going to be able to get through this. And if you don't know me, or if you're like me, I hate fog because I can't see anything. I hate that I can't see, when, especially when the th- fog gets fit, thick. I don't I don't want to be in it. I don't want to be around it. Snowstorms, any kind of storm, heavy storm, I don't want to be in it because there's a problem, right? And when, when there's a problem, it causes a panic. It causes a difficulty, and we want to back out, right? So we get up to, towards the top of this mountain, and we're, man, it seems like we're just driving forever. And we're driving, and we're driving, and there's all these, if you've been up there before, there's these windy, twisty roads and, and sharp turns, and it's only like a 20-mile-an-hour speed limit, so you're not going very fast. And we get up, and it starts getting foggier and foggier, and foggier. And pretty soon, all I can see in the middle of the road is the yellow and the white line about five feet in front of me. And that scared the daylights out of me. I did not want to be there. So you know what I decided to do? Turn back. I don't want to be in that. I don't want to be in that problem, that issue, that difficulty. That's not where I want to be. I want to be where I can see. And I was thinking about, well, where I've been previously, man, it was sunny, it was bright, it was good. You know, we could see everything. Everything was out. I mean, it was great. I don't want to be up here because I can't see anything. And you know what? In the future, it's not going to get any better, right? If I go up any further, it's just going to get foggier. It's just going to get messier. It's just going to get more difficult, so I thought about my past. I thought about where I'd been in the past, and I thought, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back to where it was sunny. I'm gonna go back to where it was easy, where it was less difficult, right? And sometimes we do that in life, right? We we take the past and we say, well, well, this is what happened in the past, and you know, I I like that better, so I'm just gonna stay there, and I'm gonna hover in this one little spot, and that's gonna be good, you know. And if I get too far, I get in too deep. Well, I can just turn around and go back, right? I can just. Go back. But here, see, here's the problem. Our past does not and should not determine our future. It's a problem with short-sightedness. It's the problem with panic. It's the difficulty with when we're in a situation where we have not planned something and it doesn't go the way that we had planned it, we want to turn back. And we use our past to determine our future. 
but it does not determine our future. You see, we have to be a people of vision. We have to be a people who sees farther out than just the immediate day and then just what's happened in the past because every human does this. You have a story, an application you want to make, you go to the past to find that story or that application or that principle that you want to enlighten people with to help them understand a particular situation. You go to your past, right? We shouldn't use our past to determine our future. But we can use the past to fuel our future. You see, what happens in our, in our past can, is what gives us hope for the future, right? It, it, think about this from, from a biblical perspective. When Abraham is told by God to, to just pick up where he had always lived in Ur and just go out where I'm going to tell you to go and just do what I'm going to tell you to do, man, that's a scary thought, right? And then when he gets to the point where he's offering Isaac on the, on the altar, what if God had not, what if he had not remembered what had happened in the past? How all those times God had delivered him, God had taken him and done what he had promised to do, and now he's offering his only son, the heir to the nations, on an altar. Because God told him to do it. And you see, he trusted in God. And he let his past fuel his future. You see that? But we do the opposite, right? We take, we say, we say, oh, you know, something bad happened in my past, so something bad's gonna happen in my future. Something bad happened in my past, so I'm not gonna move forward to the future. I'm just gonna stay where I am because I'm comfortable here. But the point of the message is that we need to keep moving forward. In all aspects of life, in everything we do, and everything that comes our way, and everything that we, difficulties we take, we've got to keep moving forward. So we're going to be looking at Hebrews chapter 10, verses 32 through 39 this morning. We're going to be talking a little bit about what these Christians are dealing with. Because like us, they're humans, and they live in the first century, and they're in a different aspect, they're in a different place, and, and they are dealing with the same problems that every human and Every point of history has ever dealt with. Well, guess what? Because we're all the same. We're all the same. We're no different. I'm no different than you. You know, yeah, we may be different, but we're all human, right? So here's what happens in the book of Hebrews. The, book, the Hebrew writer, which we don't know who it is, writes to this group of Christians who's thinking about going back to Judaism. Well, what's in our past has been better. And so the Hebrew writer spends time digging deep and showing them Old Testament passages and helping them understand different aspects of the old law to show them that what they have now is better what, than what they had then. Because sometimes, again, sometimes when we feel like it's just not working out, it's just not going the way that we planned it to go, we want to go back. We want to take a step back. We, want to take a, we don't want to go anywhere where we're comfortable here. But the truth of life is that we have to keep moving forward in order to accomplish the things that God wants us and has for us to accomplish. So we're going to be talking about this, this verse this morning. We're going to talk about these verses in their specific context. What's happened in chapter 10 is he's told them in chapter 10 and verse 1 that the, the law was a shadow of good things to come. It's not really a permanent covenant as we learn in other passages of, of the Bible that, that the law wasn't really meant to be a permanent solution to this problem of sin. That it was to guide people to Jesus. It was to guide people to the law. And so here's what we have. A group of Christians, I want to go back. I'm tired of this. But he says, you need confidence. You have need of confidence. Don't throw it away. Here's what he says. But remember the former days. 
When after being enlightened, you endured great conflict of sufferings, right? So here's what he brings them back to. Do you remember when you first became a Christian? How on fire for Jesus you were? How on fire for God you were? And then somehow, over the period of time, you just seemed to have lost it. And it just seemed to have gone away. And you don't know what to do. And you feel like you're at the peak or the tipping point of your Christianity. And you don't know which direction to go. And then you think about where you were when you first learned of Jesus. Where you were when you became enlightened. And how on fire. And how new and how great and how grand this Jesus was. And how he changed your life. And he made you a different person. All of a sudden you're proclaiming the gospel. And he says, after being enlightened. You endured a great conflict of sufferings. What would you do for Jesus when you first became a Christian that you wouldn't do now? Well, you know, I'm, I'm past that, right? I'm past that point of not dealing with these problems anymore, right? He says, you endured it because you knew what lied ahead for you. You knew what was waiting. He says, you earned the, you endured this great conflict of sufferings, partly by being made a public spectacle through reproaches and tribulations, and partly by becoming shares with those who were so treated. Right? So he gives them two parts of, of this aspect. He says, by two means, you have been a part of this, this problem and endured these great conflicts and endured these great sufferings. And here's what you need to understand. You need to go back to when you first became a follower of Jesus. You need to reignite. You need to reignite those feelings so you don't feel like going backwards. So you can keep moving forward. I, I reflect on, on my conversion story all the time because it fires me. It's like I remember I found this Jesus and he was the best thing that I had ever found in my entire life. And I don't know why anyone wouldn't want to be his follower. Amen? Partly by being made a public spectacle. Through, tribu through reproaches and tribulations. You suffered. People were calling you out, telling you you weren't you're some Christian. Wow, I can't believe that. You know, I remember when when I was very very new Christian, I had friends that weren't Christians, and when I became a Christian, it was like a shock to them. I mean, it was like this this whoa, you're a Christian? Yep, I'm a Christian. And it took me a long time to change. It was this process, right? But I endured things that that I wouldn't have endured had to endure had I not become a Christian. You know, that's the conflict we face when we become, when we become a follower of Jesus is that, that well, well, I'm going to have to put up with some things I didn't put if people call me holy roller and Bible thumper and all these different names and treating you differently. Well, okay, you can't do that around them because they'll call you. Well, so what? We're treated differently, but that's because we're different. He says, you, you went through tribulations and reproaches. And you became shares with those who were tra being treated that way in that moment in time. You became a part of a family of God that was moving to a better possession. That was moving to a great reward. And it was this fantastic thing. And you had a vision for your life. And you had a vision of where you wanted to be. But somewhere along the line, you came to the peak of your Christianity. And you just wanted to go back. You just wanted to stop. You just wanted to rewind and say, I, I don't want this. For you showed sympathy to the prisoners and accepted joyfully the seizure of your property, knowing that you have for yourself a better possession and a lasting one. You see what's being said here? He says, look, you know, if so, 
let's take this for instance. Let's say all of a sudden the government decides that they're going to just take everything that every Christian owns. Ooh, would you like that? Would you have joy in that tribulation? Would that make you want to say, ah, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Ah, I don't want to be a Christian anymore. I don't want to be a follower of Jesus. Taking all, this government's taking all my stuff, and I really don't want that. That's not what I envision my life being a Christian for. You know, I'm just going to step back. And here's what the writer's using this for. He's using this past to fuel their future. He's using this past to help them have a vision of what they can have. Right? He says, you accepted joyfully the seizure of your property. When you became a Christian, it was no problem because you knew that your, your possessions didn't lie here on earth. You weren't a consumer. You weren't a materialist. Right? Somebody took it, so what? I'm not leaving this earth with anything anyways. I can't take any of it when I die. I can't go anywhere with it when I'm dead. So why am I holding on to it? Knowing that you have for yourselves a better possession. It kind of goes back to the principle we see in Matthew chapter 6, right? Don't lay your, your treasures here on earth, but lay them up in heaven where they're waiting for you. Understand that you have a future, and if you dwell in the present or you dwell in the past, you don't have a future. But that's the need to keep moving forward as a Christian. That's the need to continue on the road, following God into a better place into having a lasting possession, a, last, a better possession than you've had before. Verse 35, Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. It says you have confidence, but you're throwing it away, right? We throw things away that aren't valuable. We throw away trash all the time. Most of us probably have trash cans in our home. Most of us probably have trash cans outside of our homes, right? We, we put things in the trash can that aren't valuable. And what he's saying, he's saying, don't throw away your confidence. Your confidence is valuable. To you as a Christian, to you as a follower of Jesus, to have confidence that, that the blood of Jesus is washing your sin away. That the blood of Jesus is what's going to get you into heaven. That Jesus has saved you. He says, you have a great reward waiting for you, and you need to understand this, and you need to look forward to the future. Verse 36, for you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. Man, I mean, this passage hit me like a ton of bricks, because you know what I tend to do? I get in a panic, and I get in this little circle, and I get in this little ball, and all I want to do is dwell in that little circle, that little ball, because I'm comfortable there. And we do it all the time. We're humans. We don't want to move forward. We, find a, we move forward until we find a place that's comfortable. And then we stay there. And we hover and we hover and we hover. And then we get into to a panic and we don't know where to go. And we think, well, maybe I should just go back. Or we move a little bit, take one step forward. And all of a sudden that step is bad and we want to move back. Because it's not as great as we thought it was going to be. But what the, what, what the writer is doing here is he's trying to encourage them. He's saying, he's saying, brethren, don't throw away your confidence. You have need of endurance. He says, when you were first a Christian, you had endurance. You, you did suffer through the sufferings. You were moving forward. You were showing sympathy to prisoners. You were helping people. You were accepting the seizure of your property. You see, our place is not here on this earth, but it's with God in heaven, wherever that may be. It's with God. And you know what? We don't have anything here. And the sooner we look at it, the, the better off we'll be. You know, things can happen to us, and if we just focus on Jesus, if we just focus on God, if we just focus in one area where God is, we'll continue to move forward. 
It won't be a struggle. It won't be a problem. It won't be a difficulty for us when the time comes that we have to take a step forward in our faith, in our walk with God, where we have to get uncomfortable because we realize that we've held on for something much, much better. You know, my dad held out. You know, my, my, my dad left his money in the stock market, and guess what happened? It came around. And he's quadrupled his money since. You see, you only lose if you back out too soon. You only lose if you back out too soon. You back out of Christianity too soon, and guess what? You lose. And nobody likes to lose because that, that's not what we're about. We're about, Christian, Christianity is about winning at life and following Jesus. And, and because Jesus has won and he's conquered death, we get to win and conquer death. We don't want to lose. He says, for you have done, for when you have done the will of God, you will receive what was promised. God promised something. Jesus promised that he's going to come back and he's going to take us home, those who are faithful, those who trust in God to do for them what they cannot do for themselves. Verse 37, for yet in a very little while, he who is coming will, will come and will not delay. This is an Old Testament passage he's quoting here. And he goes to verse 38, and he says, but my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. If you quit moving forward, this is, this is what, he's, what he's saying. He's saying, you know, if you, if you move away from God, if you take that step back, and you say, well, it's just not what I thought it was going to be. I don't want to be a Christian anymore. I was better off living a life without Jesus. And you take that, that step back. He says, my soul has no pleasure in you, but the righteous, right? An individual who is proclaimed righteous lives by faith, and faith is trusting in God to do for you what you cannot do for yourself. There are a lot of things that God can do for you that you can't do for yourself. And the sooner we realize that, the better off we'll be. Look what he says next, verse 39. But we are not of those who shrink back to destruction, but of those who have faith of the preserving of the soul. He's building their confidence. He's saying, brethren, look, you're, we're not these people. Jesus came, he died on the cross, he conquered death, he went to heaven. And those who follow him, those who are disciples of Jesus, those who become Christians, don't lose. We have to keep moving forward in order to reach the goal that we so desire. Because if we're, not, if we're not reaching for something, if we're not growing, if we're not moving, we're dying. If we don't know, if you're in your faith walk somewhere and you feel like you've reached the pinnacle of your Christianity, and all of a sudden you don't know where to go, you have two choices. You can press forward or you can move back. And the writer is telling Christians, move forward. We're not of those who shrink back to destruction. We're not of those who shrink back to the thing that once was destroyed. We're not of those who shrink back to death. A few years ago, I, I, when, I first, when I first became a Christian, I had this, uh, this very close friend that over a couple of years we became closer and closer, and we would talk about uh, different things, and every time I'd see him, he encouraged me and lift me up and boost me up. Man, I just thought he was the coolest guy in the entire world, and I looked forward every year to seeing him at Bible camp. And I just, we would just talk about these deep spiritual things, man, and it would fire me up. And at the end of the week, when I would go home, he was the person that had lifted me up and that had boosted me up. Well, a couple of years later, I went to, I went to 
to Bible College or to Bear Valley Bible Institute. And I came back during the summer of 2016, and I went to preach for the congregation where he had come from. And I was so excited to see him. I, I didn't see him at camp. He didn't come that year. But I was so excited to, to be able to see him and to encourage him and, and to, to have him encourage me. But, and at that time, I had heard something from another individual who had told me that, that he didn't believe in God anymore. And I just couldn't stand the thought of that. So as we're sitting on the roof one night, having one of our deep theological conversations, or just our deep conversations about life, we're sitting there and talking, and I asked him, I said, what do you believe about God? He said, I just don't believe in God anymore. You know what breaks my heart more than anything? That right there. I just don't believe in God anymore. He went from a world he knew into a world he didn't know. He's run back to destruction. And that breaks my heart because Christianity wasn't working out the way that he had planned it. It's not making my life better. It's not making me a better person. But nowhere in the New Testament do we ever see that it's going to make our physical lives better. Yeah, you know what? It, it, but it shapes our morals. It allows us to grow as human beings. Christianity wasn't working out for this guy. I love him to death. To this day, I have not stopped trying to help him come back to God. I have not stopped trying. I will pursue and pursue and pursue and pursue and pursue until I can't any longer. But those words right there hit my heart because I had come out of a world where I didn't know God, where I didn't know Jesus, where I didn't know that something better was waiting for me in the end. To let my past feel my future, to give me hope in what is to come. And it's the hope that we all have. The hope of heaven, the hope of dwelling with God, the hope of being in a place where there isn't a broken world, where there isn't sin, where there isn't these things that cause us pain and panic and fear, but to be with the God who has promised salvation. The only time you lose at Christianity, at being a follower of Jesus, is when you back out too soon. And we back out too soon because we don't keep moving forward. We back out too soon because we don't have a vision for the future. Past or future. Right? We can use the past to fuel our future and we can use what we think or what we need the future to be to fuel where we're going. To keep moving forward. So the bottom line, bottom line of this entire message and the thing that I want you to take away from is in every aspect of life, keep moving forward. Whatever it is. You're never too old. You're never too old to have more faith in God. You're never too old to, to have to have to, to take a step out, to take a leap. You're never too old for that. Abraham was ninety-nine years old when God said you're gonna have a child. Hey, Moses was eighty years old. You think about that for a minute. You're not done until God says you're done. So it's always a good principle to just keep moving forward. Could you imagine for just a moment, could you imagine for a moment what the church would be like if everyone in this room stopped letting the present situations determine what was going to happen in the future? If we just looked at that for a moment and said, well, if I just push through this, trial, tribulation, hard time, whether it's family, whether it's job, whether it's whatever, if I just keep pushing through it, I'm going to get to something better. I know that God has something in store for me. And even if your physical life never gets better on this earth, God has something waiting for you in the end that you cannot even fathom. That you cannot even take into your mind and say, well, I know what this is. You, you have a concept of it. 
God knows what it is. But it's much better than what you'll experience here. Imagine, imagine, imagine a world. Imagine a world that we live in that kept moving forward. That didn't get bogged down in what had happened in the past. Or didn't let the past determine their future. Or didn't let the present determine their future. Didn't let them get down. And we just kept moving forward as a world to try to make things better than they are. What kind of world will we live in? What kind of church will we be in right now? What kind of people will we be experienced if we just kept moving forward? So the lesson is yours. If you're here this morning and you're struggling... Right? Maybe you, maybe you do feel like you're at the peak, pinnacle peak of your Christianity and you just haven't kept moving forward and you're not growing anymore and you're not going anywhere and it feels like you just want to quit. But you're in the right place. Because there's people here who will help you. I don't know all of you. I'm seeing, I'm seeing new faces. I'm seeing people I haven't seen before. I'm seeing people I know. I, I don't know what your immediate situation is. But this is an opportunity right now. We're gonna, we're gonna, as is our custom in this congregation, we're going to sing a song of invitation. And it's an opportunity for you to let us know what's going on in your life. You may be struggling with something. You may, be a, you may not be a Christian yet. And you may be teetering on the brink of becoming a Christian. You may be faced with the decision, well, should I go move forward and become a Christian? Or should I should I just walk away? Let me give you the answer. Keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. If it is at this time you have a need of some sort, if you need us to pray for you or you want to be baptized into Jesus right now, why don't you come as we stand and sing? Is thy heart right with Thou count all things for Jesus, but loss is thy heart right with God. Is